An animal with the power to ruin any picnic. A prodigious pooper that has taken over the parks of North America. A bird with a serrated tongue that will chase you out of your own garden and put your rake in the lake. This is one of the most feared animals by city slickers. This is the goose. <laughs> There's the intro for, for you. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, if you live in a city, a Canadian city, I'm in Victoria. Uh, we spend a lot of time with geese. Um, it turns out it's pretty good for goose and gander urban life, particularly when it comes to population growth. I don't know how good it is for them as a species, but they enjoy the food and the security. Uh, there's now an estimated 4 million Canada geese in this country that gave them their name, 7 million in North America. And uh, those numbers are growing, happy in our parks, lots of food around, safe for most predators. And it means controlling the population is a real challenge. So is trying to limit the impact of their presence. And of course, ultimately humans created this problem. So how do we solve it? Joining me with more is urban biodiversity planner, Jennifer Ray Pierce. Jennifer, thank you so much for your time tonight. Hi, thanks for having me. So um, I know goose is a pretty broad term. We're talking about, I guess, black geese, the Canada goose in, in here in terms of our problems in our parks. Well, and I would be even more specific to say that these are urban Canada geese that are non-migratory, which is quite different from the migrating right. populations that tend to live outside of cities. So we are essentially to blame for their non-migratory ways, are we not? Sorry, I couldn't hear that question. So I said we're essentially to humans are essentially to blame for the fact that that these birds no oh, longer yes, migrate. They found the, yeah, the they... geese that don't migrate. The reason for that behavior is because they were introduced. And geese learn to migrate. This is not something that they would do without um, being taught. And so when they were introduced, they were not taught to migrate, and so they don't. So it's a very interesting measure of whether we're looking at a population that was introduced or a population that has been there for some time. Right. So what is it about... um what is it about city, what is it about urban areas that is appealing and allows uh, Canada geese to, to thrive? Well, there's a lot of benefits to being in a city, a big one being that there are no predators. And those predators include human predators, since uh, hunting geese is generally frowned upon in cities. Uh, but also there are more natural predators um, are much less likely to be numerous. They do exist, but um, they're, you know, they tend to be much less. And then secondly, the environments that we create that people enjoy, like parks, have a lot of the same features that geese also uh, prefer. So these long lawns where they have a good view, sloped grassy areas down to water, um, these kinds of things that people enjoy is also a good habitat for geese um, and for them to raise their goslings. One thing I always notice about geese is just how completely unfazed they are by your presence. Well, they are quite intelligent, and they will recognize certain people and also certain dogs. So as long as people don't bother them, they figure it out pretty quickly. Are you saying that, that if you bother a goose next time it sees you, it might, co it might come after you? It's always possible. <laughs> I mean, generally speaking, uh, the geese won't um, really bother you too much unless they're in the season in which they're guarding their nest or guarding their baby. I mean, I, I know from experience, they can be pretty aggressive. When they are guarding that location, they will do everything they can to keep you from getting there. And professionals who go out and um, addle the eggs in the nest that have to deal with this, and they have to get to that nest. It's 
quite a dangerous um, prospect to get all the way to yeah. the nest, especially if you're working alone. And um, I know someone who has actually experienced a concussion from being battered by a goose's wing. Wow. The, what has been the impact uh, of this? I mean, I guess what I, how much has the population grown and why, are the, why is it growing so quickly? So I'm not familiar with the current um, trajectory, but when I was studying their numbers a few years ago, they were growing in an exponential manner. And this is for the same reason that I described earlier, that if they don't have earth, there's abundant food and abundant habitat, and the numbers will increase in an exponential way, like any population would. So what impact is that having uh, broadly? Well, so that means that the ecological impacts of these populations um, are also increasing. So geese, uh, if they're numerous in an area, can change the vegetation, uh, decreasing grass, which is one of their preferred uh, foods. So you'll get more weedy areas, and they'll keep the, the growth of grass down substantially. Um, people have also noticed that they do poop a lot, so that can make it hard for people to use a certain area. Um, so there are definitely impacts of having a higher number of geese than would naturally be somewhere. What about on the on water? I understand there's there's some issues there too. Well, so a lot of people think that um, there's a lot of pollution that comes from the geese and from their poops in water, uh, but that's generally only found to be the case when you have very small body of water that um, is locked all the way around, so like a fountain or something like this. Um, if you're looking at a shoreline area, in studies where we measure using E. coli samples um, that are found in the feces of all animals, uh, we can determine the source of the feces in the water, and it's generally actually humans, not geese, right. um, so, or dogs will sometimes be a common source. Um, so they're not as large a uh, source in a large body of water, like an in, in ocean... Uh, you know, shorelines and that kind of thing. A place like Victoria, for instance, yes. Um, I understand yes, that... It would have to be that, like a locked, uh, landlocked pond or something to have a, right. for them to have a large impact. I understand that while it may be good for, in terms of population growth for geese to live in urban areas, it's not necessarily very good for the geese in general, though. Just as birds, it's, it's not great for their health. So an urban location can be bad for them in a few ways. One is that when people are feeding geese, uh, they're not generally feeding them a fully nutritional meal. And so um, there are diseases that they can get from being nutritionally deficient, from being overly dependent on certain human sources of food. So that's not great. Um, and then if their numbers get too high, of course, there's always diseases. I mean, we learned that from the pandemic, right, uh, if, they're, if they're too close together. Uh, are, do we notice these? I gather there's, there's wing problems that they can have. Um, sometimes we see these in geese if you're walking around in the city. Well, I mean, I'm not an expert on geese diseases, so we're getting geese out diseases. of my my area <laughs> here. But um, I, I yeah, only but saw I, this I in a video. That that so. becomes an issue. Yeah, yeah, but I think, um, you know, one of the things to keep in mind in these discussions, too, is how important a connection with nature can be for people that live in cities. And right. geese are not really universally seen as a negative. It's actually, there's quite a lot of positive feedback um, that we get if you look at calls into the city. Many of them are people concerned about an injured goose or something like that, so a more positive nature. And being around geese and having the opportunity to observe them can be a very important connection to nature for people. So um, yeah. that's also something to bear in mind. 
Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because because uh, I mean I, we have geese all over the place, and they're I mean they're part of the they're part of the landscape in in a place like Victoria, um, and you get used to them, and they pretty much leave. As I mentioned, they pretty much just leave you everybody alone. They do their thing. Um, you know, they can be they can be aggressive sometimes, but usually not. So there are there are positives to having geese too. You just don't want too many of them. I guess is the issue. Right. Yeah, I mean, when the population gets too large, that's when you, it really requires some kind of manage, management of some sort, whether it's through habitat measures or um, at the egg level or a combination of those. Uh, well, I was, I was, well, we'll take a quick break. Jennifer Ray Pierce is a urban biodiversity planner. We're talking about the explosion in the number of geese in North America, 4 million now Canada geese, I should say, uh, non-migratory Canada geese to be specific, uh, estimated around 4 million in, uh, in Canada, 7 million in North America. Uh, when we come back, we'll briefly talk about uh, what can be done to try to make sure the geese are okay, but make sure there's not too many of them in our urban areas. Stick around. I'm speaking with urban biodiversity planner Jennifer Ray Pierce on this Friday night. We're talking about geese, uh, Canada geese to be specific, non-migratory Canada geese to be precise, and just how many of them there are now and what to do about it. Uh, Jennifer, I guess where we left off is just what can be done to try to humanely uh, control the population a bit. Right. So the most promising um, action that someone can take is by modifying the habitat area where they have too many geese in such that it would only support a smaller number of geese. So things that can be done here, you need to think like a goose predator as to where you might want to hide and uh, how you might sneak up on a goose. So by installing low shrubbery, particularly around uh, water edges, it doesn't take too much. Anything that's a little bit taller than a goose's head uh, so that they can't see over it is enough to make them nervous. And that will reduce their um, willingness to be in that area. So if the more that you can install those types of plants or those types of even um, like a low fence or um, a retaining wall or something like that, as long as you're over that height of a goose head, so goose eyeball height, um, it's right. going to make a difference. So that's one yeah. easy way. Another way is if you have a big field to, to have tree branches overhead so that there is no clear flight path. Uh, for the geese to take off and land. That would also make it more difficult for them to see that as a, as a welcome habitat space. So unless you're looking at a sports field or something like that, um, there's lots of things you can do to, to modify the area. You were mentioning earlier, they do like flat space or at least a space where they have a bit of a view, a bit of a perch, and they can see for quite a distance uh, to make sure right. there's nothing around, which, which describes just about everywhere you see geese in Victoria uh, or lots of them. Mm -hmm. what, about the, what about the population more generally? I know that calls are controversial, but there are other ways as well. Right. So there are calls of, of the adults. This is not very common because it requires a special permit and uh, yeah, it doesn't really work because obviously the numbers will just increase again. Um, a more common management method is to uh, locate the nests and then addle the eggs or somehow make the eggs non-viable. And so in this way, you can maintain an adult population um, by just decreasing how fertile they are ultimately via the eggs. Um, the issue with this technique is that oftentimes geese will lay their eggs on private property. So this requires the cooperation of the public. And this is why you'll often hear uh, municipalities asking for people to help them locate uh, nests on balconies or on rooftops um, that might be in a private area so that they would have permission to come there and, and manage that population. It can be very difficult to do that without um, 
without that cooperation of the public. Um, another common thing that is done is to simply scare them away from areas where you don't want them. And this is something that I recommend in cases where, say, you have sports fields that serve as a festival area on occasion. So prior to the festival, um, you could send some dogs to that area to play and make it a kind of temporary dog park. And in this way, the geese would be surprised by this. It would be something new. And it would keep them off of that area for a long enough time that you don't have a lot of feces for your festival. Uh, but it would be more difficult to do on a longer-term basis, right, if it's a sports field. So there's things you can do like that um, that, can, that can keep the geese away uh, for certain periods of time. And in terms of the, just the, the population growth, I imagine it can't go on forever. It can't grow, grow exponentially for, for a very long time. Um, is, there, is there anything else that... that, that needs to be done to try and at least dissuade? Um, you mentioned that making them feel less safe. You've obviously mentioned the eggs. Uh, calls don't really mm-hmm. work, it seems. Um, is this kind of an untenable situation or, or is it going to, do you think it'll sort itself out? Well, the most promising um, development that I see is the possibility of having um, an actual kind of a fertility chemical that you can put in a goose feed that they would then um, eat and would reduce their ability to have viable eggs. So that's a way that you could reduce the population. And because geese are smart, you can train them to take their dose every day. Um, So this is a very interesting approach, but would require some regulatory approvals. Right now, these types of chemicals are used um, for pigeon populations commonly, um, and it was developed for use on chickens, interestingly enough. And wow. so um, that would be a promising development. But as of right now, there aren't, that's not an approved use in Canada. And as a, as a last question, I mean, I, like, I kind of like geese. And it's, it's true you see a lot of them. But, but there are some, as you were mentioning earlier, there are some good parts about having urban geese around, even if they're non-migratory. Um, and, and you must notice that as well. Right. So one of the the things that I study is the relationship between people and nature. And it's really important that people in a city have the opportunity to form relationships with um, individuals or uh, certain species in the city. And this is a really great way for them to do that because geese are so similar to people in many ways with raising their young and couple getting into couples together. You can watch them bicker with one another. Um, It can be quite interesting. So um, this is one area where we have to balance between that opportunity to uh, form a relationship with a non-human being and um, also being able to enjoy parks and, you know, have sanitary uh, play spaces. One of the joys of of seeing is is seeing that young goose family, the young geese family, and then watch, watching them grow, grow up, as watching them get older as the year goes on. That's always one of the pleasures of, of watching them. Um, and even Jennifer our Ray best Pierce, management yeah. techniques are not capable of eliminating goslings, so there's no concern about that. Um, you know, they'll right. always be around. So <laughs> Perfect. Well, I, I look for the Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Ray Pierce. Thank you so much for your time on a Friday night. It's been enlightening, and thanks, uh, thanks for telling us all we needed to know about uh, the goose and the gander. I appreciate it.